0: An outbreak of polio in New York has put this country on a list of countries at risk, according to the World Health Organization. On this episode of our award-winning podcast, we begin a two-part series on this emergent threat, its origins, and what we can do to respond. Welcome to Modern Practice. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Villanueva, Senior Principal of Operations and Quality at Vizient. And joining me again for a repeat appearance is Dr. Marty Lucente. Marty, welcome back. Nice to be back, Tom. So can you remind our listeners about your background and what you do at Vizient? Sure.
1: I'm the chief medical officer for Vizient. I'm an ER doc by training with a little bit of an unusual background. I have a PhD in operations engineering. So I'm an operations engineer and an ER doc. So I do a lot of work around capacity problems.
0: Hey, Marty, did I ever tell you why I didn't become a PhD?
1: <laughs> Probably the eight years of sitting in a library studying something.
0: No, actually, it's really simple. I can't grow a beard. <laughs>
1: Well, thanks for that guidance, (laughs) Tom.
0: You're very welcome. So let's level set here. Can you tell us about the recent polio outbreak and why is it a concern to us? I believe it's pretty much just in a specific area, no?
1: Well, it is just in a specific area, but this story probably starts decades ago, Tom. First, what you've got to understand is what a big problem polio was in the US back before the 60s. Mm -hmm. Back before the 60s, you would have roughly 20,000 kids a year get paralysis and even die from polio. So this was a really horrific disease with some horrible consequences that was really a mainstay problem in the pediatric world all the way to the 1950s. And this is actually one of our biggest successes on the vaccine front. This is an illness that was paralyzing 20,000 kids a year in the 50s, and by 1979 was completely eradicated in the US. And so polio is an illness that usually is acquired through oral routes, usually oral fecal transmission. So unlike the COVID, which is a respiratory transmission, this is an oral fecal transmission and so cleanliness of hands and so forth, cleanliness of surfaces is really important. But it's a GI virus that would get systemic and get into your spine and it would cause acute flaccid myelitis, which is basically weakness of your muscles through attacking the spinal cord. OK. And the symptoms would typically GI symptoms, abdominal pain, cramping, sometimes constipation, followed by more systemic symptoms like back pain, the fever, even some stiffness as you get to those systemic symptoms and as it moves to your central nervous system. So it's an illness that we had eradicated through vaccine that we developed
0: for polio. Are there any specific risk factors involved in getting infected with polio?
1: Yeah. So the risk factors associated for folks that are becoming infected, there are both symptomatic and asymptomatic. Mm-hmm. And so the risk factors really, quite honestly, are prior vaccination status, and then anything that would actually cause immune compromise. Folks with severe immune compromise, having been vaccinated in the past, could develop symptomatic polio.
0: So, Marty, we'll go into some detail about the vaccinations in a minute, but plain and simple, why did this come back if it was eradicated in the early 70s, at least in the States? In the States,
1: yeah. There is still what we call wild variant polio in two countries, Afghanistan and Pakistan, okay? But we developed two vaccines for polio. Mm -hmm. One was an oral vaccine, which was a live but compromised virus, okay? Less active, less virulent. Oral vaccine that was a live virus. And then the other was an injectable vaccine that was an inactivated virus, okay? And the reason polio still exists is in many parts of the world, they're still using the oral variant, okay, which is a live virus. That virus Has no risk of systemic problems, has no risk of affecting your spinal cord, but certain mutations off of that virus have been shown to become pathologic, have been able to jump when in patients. And so when we give a vaccine that's oral, they actually carry the virus for a period of time. They excrete the virus, right? It goes through their systems. If you look at their feces, they actually have live virus. And that live virus, while it's giving you a chance to develop an immune response to the multitude of strains of the polio virus, while it's giving the person who received the variant the the ability to mount an immune response, it's also living and then being shed. A virus that lives can mutate. And so what's happened is those mutations then when transmitted to somebody else, if it mutates and becomes more pathologic and can get into the central nervous system, if the person who gets infected from this virus that's mutated, they can become symptomatically infected if they haven't been vaccinated. And the tricky part is if I've gotten the injectable, my GI system is not as upregulated in its ability to prevent getting the GI infection so what you can have is folks that have been injectably vaccinated. And in the U.S., everyone has received the injectable after the year 2000. Those folks, if they come in contact with a mutated version of the oral vaccine virus that's capable of pathogenic, they will be asymptomatic. They have no threat. But if a person who has not been vaccinated comes into contact or acquires through the GI system, this mutated version of somebody else's vaccinated virus, they could conceivably develop the CNS symptoms, which is the acute flaccid myelitis.
0: You are at risk if you haven't been vaccinated. Let's just say that goes without saying. Honestly. Step one. Number two is that if you receive the oral vaccination, the earlier form, and the greater part of anybody who received any type of childhood normal immunizations prior to the year 2000 may have received the oral form, you cannot get infected with polio, but you can be a carrier of the virus and you could spread through oral fecal means to someone who is unvaccinated. But we preface again if you are vaccinated towards polio, you are not at risk of getting it. Now, you've mentioned about the oral fecal white. So obviously, it's just good hand hygiene at all times. But truth is, we've been seeing polio in our sewer waters for quite some time before the outbreaks occurred in New York, haven't we?
1: Yeah. So let's go through that. Once again, the dividing line is anybody that got the polio vaccine in the U.S. after the year 2000 in the U.S. Mm -hmm. has gotten the injectable. Okay, correct. But if you look at many of the developing world countries they are still predominantly using the oral vaccine, the live virus, i.e. the virus that could eventually mutate, spread, and become positive. So if you look, what happened is clearly somebody got exposed while they were overseas to the virus from the oral vaccine that had mutated. Mm-hmm. They may have been symptomatic, they could have been symptomatic, or they could have been injectably vaccinated and ended up just being a carrier, okay? Right. And that's what you're seeing is the folks that have been injectably vaccinated, those folks create a very big carrier reservoir that allow for this virus to be spreading around in an asymptomatic population and potentially transmitting it to somebody who has not been vaccinated. And those are the folks that then may have the severe consequences. And where you see outbreaks in the world, and then when you see where we got an outbreak, our first case in June or July of this year in Rockland County, New York, in a region where some of the zip codes have vaccination rates for polio as low as 37%. And so now when they went back and retrospectively said, well, how long has this virus been floating around? And they looked at the wastewater, they saw a pretty significant amount of polio virus in the wastewater wastewater in four different counties, ultimately in that area, plus some boroughs in New York City. So what was happening is there was likely asymptomatic transmission in some of those communities that then ultimately hit somebody unvaccinated. And that person had the misfortune of it infecting them in their central nervous system and causing
0: paralysis. Marty, great discussion and we'll continue at our next episode. And to our listeners, you can contact Marty at his email address in the resource section of our podcast. And if you have any additional questions pertaining to modern practice or simply want to send us your comments, please contact me at modernpracticepodcast.com. We've posted a link in our resource section as well. And please join us for other modern practice podcasts. Subscribe today, like us, or send us your comments. I'm Dr. Tom Villanueva. Thanks for listening.